0: Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Tim Berg and Kendall Miles. Above180.com's Tim Berg and Storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at Weber International University, Kendall Miles, are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Tim and Kendall. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Aaron Smith. Aaron is a USBC Communications Manager. Aaron, it's Tim Berg and Kendall Miles here. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you for having me, guys. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to uh, come on here before uh, the excitement of postseason play starts up, and uh, excited to uh, to see what you guys have in store for me today.
0: Yeah, so let's let's get right into things. And why don't you share with the audience? Of course, everything can be seen on Bull. dot com, but talk about some of the details. When can we see it? Talk about some of the formats and uh, and some of the teams that people will be wanting to keep their eye on this year.
1: Absolutely. And uh, the, we had the sectional assignment show just uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, letting everybody know where they're going to be heading for the four sectional qualifiers. They're going to be taking place March 11th through the 13th. Uh, Stardust Bowl in Edison, Illinois, USA Bowl in Dallas, Polking Lane South, in Dayton, Ohio, And then the Smyrna Bowling Center in Smyrna, Tennessee are going to be the hosts. Uh, They've previously hosted in the past as well. So uh, great venues, great uh, great staff at all those places. Uh, So sectionals is essentially going to kick off on Friday, March 11th. We're going to have the singles portion. So the sectional qualifiers for singles across the uh, four tournament locations, six games to determine who's going to advance. Uh, The top four at each spot are going to be guaranteed spots to move on. And then the other spots for both the men and the women's divisions, uh, still yet to be determined how many will be coming from each. It's all based off of uh, how many individuals are participating at each uh, each sectional. So that will be the excitement on Friday. And then into March 12th and 13th on Saturday and Sunday, uh, we get into 64 games of Baker competition, uh, challenging well pattern, uh, and we get to see who, who, who the best teams are, who's going to be advancing – to the I, or the ITC for those, uh, the ITC of course taking place uh, or ISC and ITC taking place April 18th through the 23rd. Uh, back at Stardust Bowl in Addison, Illinois. Uh, so we'll have the top 16 teams in both the men's and the women's division advancing from that. Uh, top four from each sectional will, will be moving uh, moving on to the uh, chance to bowl for the Helmer Cup and, and make a run at uh, at a national title. So uh, the big part, you know, kind of looking at. The format, especially for the team portion, Uh, no more traditional games. All Baker coming up, so uh, you got to find that right rhythm. You got to find that right consistency in the lineup to take advantage. When you got uh, got the players with the hot hands uh, and able to put up some big scores and make a run at the top four in hopes of uh, making the ITC. Uh, And you talked about teams. Uh, Obviously, you know we got to look at our defending champions on both sides. Wichita State swept in twenty twenty one. Uh, and they finished the regular season as the top ranked team, uh, in both the men's and the women's division. A lot of familiar names, uh, back for those squads as well. And then, uh, you know, it's, it it gets really exciting after that. And and I think that's the fun part for me is, is just seeing the talent pool in the, in the collegiate atmosphere nowadays and, and knowing that, uh, you know, it's, there's so many good teams out there, so many great student athletes. That, that makes it exciting. But obviously, you, you got to start off with the defending champions, is, and they're going to try to make it out of the Dallas sectional. Uh, but they're going to have their hands full. So uh, a lot of a lot of great teams, a lot of great student-athletes involved. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. You, you can watch it uh, unfold on BoldTV.com, of course. Uh, we'll be having uh, select pairs at each of the four sectionals. So uh, we won't have full coverage, but we'll have a couple pairs from each. And then I'll actually be uh, – Hanging out uh, the entire weekend on Bowl TV uh, from Arlington, Texas, from the International Bowling Campus, uh, from the Bowl TV studio, and kind of watching all the action and, and keeping everybody up to date with the uh, the results and the news as, as it happens. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be I'm not going to lie, it's going to be a long uh, long couple days, a long weekend, but uh, <laughs> definitely worth it to uh, to uh, get to see who's making
2: it on to the next level. Yeah, absolutely, and that's I mean very well said there. And I think. Teams to watch, you know, we talking about that before. And Wichita State is coming off, obviously, being national championships the year before, and coming off another phenomenal season still. But there's one team on that women's side, uh, Mount Mercy University, led by Andy Dirks. You know, that team has just been sticking around. You know, just being super successful. You know, what have you seen um, that have kind of led them to that success over the last two years? Well, I, even going back
1: to, uh, you know, looking, looking at 2020 before, unfortunately, you know, this season, uh, you know, we, we didn't get to the postseason in 2020, but Mount Mercy was, uh, you know, that team, that squad is really ramping up for, for a great postseason run on the women's side. Their men's team is certainly, uh, a strong group as well. So definitely don't want to, uh, downplay what, what the Mustangs are doing on the men's side as well. But, uh, this women's team has really moved into that rank of a, you know, a top, top five perennial team with uh with the direction from coach Turks, but you know you got you got to look at some of the some of the firepower they got there ira aminiden who uh was the rookie of the year in uh a couple of years ago uh she's had another really nice season uh jenna williams uh who uh, you know she earned a spot on junior team usa at, at uh, junior gold back in 2021 uh for the 2022 team uh she has a phenomenal game they have the 2021 junior gold champion was a new addition this year jl hammond as well uh and, and coach andy you know that that team's deep they're able to you know pick each other up when things are uh, you know maybe not going as well for for one or two of the players uh i've been really impressed with what he's been able to build uh for the mustangs program over the past couple of years uh it, and it, it showed continuously you know they they took home uh, one tier one victory this year at the Tegel ISBPA Midwest Collegiate Classic, which, uh, you know, coincides. So uh, that took place at Stardust Bowl. They're going to be heading back to Addison for the sectional. And of course, uh, you know, if they make it out of that, which, you know, if if you're betting, and we don't bet in college sports, but uh, you know, we you know, that would definitely be a team you'd highlight. You think that we would make it out of the sectional? But uh, you know, they've had success at Starters Bowl. They're heading there for sectionals. Potentially, could be going there for the ITC as well. Uh, so, you know, it uh, uh, definitely a lot of things lining up for for the Mustangs. But th- that squad has been just so. Consistent over the past couple of years, and uh, you know they, they've had some players graduate. They've, they've you know had some really good players move on. Cassidy Corey being one of them, uh, who's bowling now for McHenry. But it you know that the Mustangs have just been so steady, so so even keel, and you know once they get lined up, you're in trouble.
0: And when it comes to the regular season, let's just take a look maybe at, at some surprises that yet we may have seen some teams that have have taken bigger leaps and what maybe at the beginning of the year that, that we all thought they would and, and, and things have gelled maybe a little quicker than maybe anticipated or some teams that just have really stepped up their game and teams that we should all be keeping our eyes on?
1: I think one school, uh, we'll start on the men's side, You know, uh, a team that finished the, the USBC collegiate season in the top five. Uh, and one, just just because it's a new name doesn't mean it's a new school. But I, I just want to put Tennessee Southern out there as, uh, you know, kind of uh, obviously being a top five school, you're, you're doing things right throughout the course of the season. But, uh, you know, that previously was Martin Methodist University. Uh, so the name change was, you know, kind of a – even for me, the first time I, I saw them this year at an event, it took me a second uh, until I saw Bob Learn out there coaching them. I'm like, oh, I remember that happened. But, uh, you know, Tennessee Southern, I, I think – uh, you know, we, we've seen those teams over the past couple of years, you know, c- kind of continue to make the, the steps to, to get to the next level. And I think, you know, led by Hayden Stippich, who had a an absolute monster year overall in the regular season, uh, you know, I, that would be a team that, you know, it, it certainly isn't, you know, coming from nowhere, but a team, you know, maybe not as many folks are familiar with from previous seasons. So Tennessee Southern is definitely one to keep an eye out for. Uh, I, I think Indiana Tech has a has a super strong team as well. Uh, you know, they also finished the season, uh, you know, ranked in the top ten, but, uh, you know, just a team that hasn't had a ton of postseason play over the years, at least on looking at the ITC side of it. So, uh, you know, just a really strong team, you know, kind of looking one to five, that whole lineup. Uh, those are some of the teams that, you know, I, I think folks may just not be as familiar with, but who certainly, uh, you know, have it shown throughout the course of the year that they are uh, that they, they are teams that can make long postseason runs um, on the women's side you know I, I I think st. Francis Illinois is you know kind of a kind of flying under the radar they were ranked number three overall for the season um, but you know kind of looking at their body of work for the year uh, and they were led by serenity Quintero um, they, they were just very steady they always put themselves in position to win and you know maybe they didn't come up with the High-profile wins, if you if you want to put it like that, you know those didn't necessarily, uh, you know, the tier one victories or anything like that. Those didn't happen, but they continually put themselves in position to make those runs. So uh, I, I think you know, as a team, you know, looking especially at you know, kind of kind of everything that happens with uh, with sectionals, you just got to put yourself in position to make it, and then you know when you get toward those final. Final few games on Sunday. You know that's when you have to be able to take the next leap to the next level. Uh, but you know St. Francis, Illinois—they've had a really good team for a couple of years. Obviously, Abby Ragsdale, former Player of the yeah. Year, uh, has has moved on now. She's you know was a rookie on the PWBA tour in 2021. But uh, you know, obviously, that that's part of the collegiate experience as well. You know, you're going to have those great players. You know, eventually uh, move on out of the program. Uh, so, so I like that St. Francis has been able to kind of kind of continue that trend and put themselves, you know, in position to, uh, to, uh, you know, make another, uh, make another
2: run here. You So you have had the pleasure of a lot of time watching these amazing college moments up close, you know, covering collegiate bowling and, and live streaming. So walk us through kind of what that's like to, to watch all this talent up close. And then even live streaming through the pandemic, live streaming during COVID and these events. So let's like, what's that, what's that been like?
1: Well, well, first and foremost, uh, I I absolutely, I I will say, you know, I I get to do a lot of events for, for bold TV and, and with my role with USBC and uh, collegiate is definitely, you know, it's, it's crazy. There's a little bit of everything going on when you're at an event, Uh, the excitement level, uh, you know, it's one of those things we we, we talk about over and over and over again. Just, you know, if you haven't been to a collegiate experience, you gotta, you gotta check it out. Uh, And, I, I absolutely love it. It's you know, it, it, it's always a little interesting, you know, the live streaming aspect of it, uh, just because there's so many moving parts at a collegiate event. Uh, when you're on site, you know, I, I have the opportunity to go and talk to coaches, get lineups, find out a little bit more about you know the teams and the players as as you know the season uh, and the events you know make their way through. And and you know, for me, I, I feel that's you know a, a super cool aspect of what I do, especially looking. Uh, you know, our role at the PWBA tour and kind of getting to know these players, getting to see them, you know, perform uh, so well at these levels, you, you get uh, it, it's almost a sneak peek being part of the collegiate world, getting to see these talented players when they're, you know, coming up at 18, 19 years old. Uh, and, and it's so awesome. It's uh, I, I will admit there, there were a few events we did remotely, and that made it a little bit tougher from the live stream aspect of it. Uh, there, there really is something special about being in the venue, being at the center, being in the middle of the mix, uh, when, when you're broadcasting one of these events. So, uh, you know, I'm, i as I said, I'm going to be covering sectionals remotely. So I'm going to be missing that for a little bit, but, uh, I have full intentions of being right in the middle of the action, uh, for the ISC and the ITC in, at Stardust Bowl in April. So, uh, I'll be definitely looking forward to that, but uh, you know, it's it, it's just been so cool to see the progression, the players, and and even going to junior gold, uh, where we've seen some of the some of the folks. You know, not in, not everybody is you know progressing as quickly as someone like Jillian Martin, who's already won a TWBA tour event before she's gone to college. But you get to see these great players, you know, at the junior gold level and then on to college and, and you just see the progression and you know you see the talent the talents there for so many kids but to see them kind of start putting the whole picture together i think is, is just uh you know it's pretty awesome to see uh that that journey essentially that they make over the course of you know getting some great coaching obviously the great competition on the collegiate side and then you know eventually you know if they if they want to make it on professional ranks
0: Circling back to Wichita State, I'm curious your opinion as to that they're both teams, like you said, they have obviously they have to shoe up and, and win and, and compete with everyone. And, and it's going to take a lot for them to get there. But they, they both seem to be the, the favorites, if you could say, at the event. What would um what would cause them to get in trouble in your opinion from watching them and following them this year is there something on this team is it maybe the, the something doesn't you know a player or two don't match up or what are what are things we should be watching for that we might see if there there might be something that might make the road for them a little bit harder than uh, than what maybe people have anticipated
1: well i think the big thing for both teams is that they have a pretty good Collection of players returning from the championship squad. So there, there wasn't a complete overturn of the roster. Uh, so on the women's side, you know, Madison Janik, who was player of the year last year, uh, MVP at the ITC, she's back. I, I know her season started off a little bit slower. She was fighting an injury uh, to kick things off for the start of the season. So, you know, didn't get the full full year of competition, but she's getting back into the mix. But it, you look at Addie Herzberg, uh, Sarah Klassen with the uh, great run she had at the uh, you know, the International Bowling Federation World Championships, you know, she she medaled in the singles event, uh, you know, so that experience obviously is going to help her as well. Uh, Olivia Komarowski, you know, you have that core of players who have experience, have gone through, you know, the rigors of a regular season, know, you know, when to, uh, you know, flip the switch and get it going for that next part of the season, the postseason aspect of it. Uh, so, you know, and, you know, looking at the men's side, obviously there's there's been a lot of talk about the influx of new talent for uh, for Rick Steel Smith's team. Uh, so obviously, losing Brandon Biondo, you know, you couldn't ask for a, you know a better you know team leader, if you will. Brandon was just such such. I, I want to say like one of the one of my favorite collegiate players to watch all the time is Brandon Biondo. Just the energy, the way he rallied the team, every everything he did, I just thought was you know he he was built to lead a team like that. And he was able to get get the job done in 2021. But, you know, you look at, you know, who's coming back. Obviously, Alec Keplinger, uh, who's, you know, just a phenomenal player, past junior gold champion, TJ Rock, Nick Summer. All those guys have that championship experience now uh, and know how to make it through the event. And then when you think about adding Spencer Robars, Brandon Bonta, Justin Bone, and uh, the emergence of Ryan Barnes as well, it's uh, I don't I don't see very
2: many weaknesses for uh, for that squad in, in their title defense. And that is a uh, that is quietly unbelievable squad. I think I think you touched on something really well there. Is Brian Barnes' resurgence, and it's just proof, you know, that that, w- that Wichita team just they're a developmental program. And I've always said, you know, even in my college days, they're a professional bowling team. Um, and I think they represent that very well in the lane. They carry themselves to a very high standard, and, yeah, they're definitely going to be a tough one to uh, to beat for the season.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would agree.
2: I-, I think Ryan's story is so cool,
1: obviously, uh, you-, you know, through through his, uh, his-, his very famous parents on the bowling side, uh, Linda and Chris, <laughs> obviously both Hall of Famers, uh, and, you know, kind of getting to, uh, you know, friends with both of them on Facebook. So, you know, when they were posting about Ryan throughout high school, it was always, you know, basketball updates he was a, a phenomenal high school basketball player then all of a sudden it's like okay he's he's going go to go Wichita State he's going to do the bowling thing and and you know I, I can't you know speak specifically on how much bowling there was during high school or or how much you know time he was putting into it it sounded like basketball was really the focus and then just to see the like all, all of a sudden once once he just everything kind of meshed for him it's been phenomenal I mean I, I feel he's shot about you know, just you know, in leagues and stuff like that, he's probably got what 10, 300s. I think he had the front twenty nine a couple of weeks ago, a couple eight hundreds in there. And then, it, it, but it's not just at that level. He's he's shown that at on the collegiate side as well. And you know, you look at his numbers on collegebowling.bowl.com, dot bowl dot com. You know, he's uh, you know fifty one games over the course of the year. He's averaging two fifteen uh and we you know we all know how tough you know throughout the course of the year those patterns can be uh so you know for Ryan to uh you know make the jump and, i mean he, you watch him bull out there and you you feel he's been doing this you know every day since he's been born uh he he just looks so good so confident out there uh so it's been really fun to watch the progress obviously another person who uh you know made junior team usa earlier this year from team trials uh it, it's been really cool to watch the progression of uh, of ryan and, and kind of follow that legacy that uh his uh his parents put uh, put forth as well
0: well aaron smith want to thank you for hopping on and previewing it's going to be an, an exciting month it sounds like in the collegiate bowling world and, and thank you for coming on to previews uh, preview things for us and, and give us all some news and nuggets and things we should be looking for when we tune in on bowl tv so thank you again and and by all means we'll have to do this again and uh, catch up with you down the road
1: Absolutely. Tim and Kendall, I, uh, I appreciate you guys asking me to uh, to join the show. I'm uh, a big fan of what you guys do, uh, so uh, an absolute honor for me to join you here and uh, look forward to uh, enjoying the rest of the collegiate season uh, with you guys as well.
0: Thanks so much, Aaron. Thank you for joining us, man.